This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. You can't sit with me. Hosted by Deanna Espear. I feel like you can't sit with me is becoming the most accurate podcast title at this point because all I've been doing is recording remotely. So I'm now in Miami. I'm such a jet setter, by the way. Luna is still with me, my dog. I don't know if you know about my dog. Um, I have Dara Brewstein, who is also the person who has officially made me feel like a very official podcaster because you're the person who featured me as, you know, female podcaster, top 18 female podcaster on Forbes. Well, you are welcome. And I had, I I had make, to mention it I again. It's the first time. I think that should be my new MO for how I make all of my friends is just make them look and feel really good and then be like, hey, also, you want to be friends? Well, no, because you know, there's the LA thing where it's like, you made me feel good. So I have on the, so I have you on the podcast once, but then there's like, this chick is actually fucking cool. You need to come <laughs> back. And I stalk all your Instagram content. So this well, is like a I whole different story. That. I do the same. And actually I had this sort of thing because I don't live in LA. I live in Atlanta, but I have a lot of friends in LA. I started my career in LA and I know how that goes. And so I was like, Ooh, is she just like telling me all the right things, stroking my ego? Does she actually like me? But when you stayed in touch and really liked and commented with frequency, I was like, Oh, phew, we actually both like each other. No. And then I was like, I need you to come back now because now that the real housewives of OC is getting so good, I mean, good and bad. I don't even know if it's good or bad. It's just getting juicy. I was like, there's nobody else that I should be talking to about this other than you. I need a more in-depth psychoanalysis like we did last time. I think this could be a new career for me. I have had like 30. So this will be reality show commentator. I'm yeah. I mean, we should, I, I think we should start a whole thing together where it's like reality TV psychoanalysis. I'm in for it. I probably need to get a degree, but in the meantime, I'll pretend. Yeah. But at this point, you know, with all these fucking crystal healers and bullshit <laughs> that I don't even know how they get qualified for it. I think that this would be an official title that wouldn't even require training or studies or anything. Fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're doing it. Yeah, there's so many fucked up people out there providing psychological services. I feel like we'd be more than qualified. Well, I'm going to ride that wave along with you until someone tells us otherwise. Dara Brewstein, so many titles. Can you remind everyone because so I don't fuck it up because I'm actually a little bit sick. Yeah, you are. You but you kind of have that Phoebe sexy rasp if you remember from Friends if you were a watcher where she I do smelly cat, smelly cat, yeah. Right, but she like wanted the sickness because she felt like she had that sexy rasp, which actually I had the same thing in middle school in my musical performances. I only got the roles when I had a cold. So But do you know what? I don't want the sexiness because I find that my commentary is so much bitchier when it's high pitched and annoying. That's funny. Well, you already had too much sexy. You're trying not to bring additional amounts. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, I've posted way too many revealing photos of myself on Instagram recently. I don't need the sexy voice. I need something to make You're me sound official. Yeah, 100%. Perfect. So to your question, my titles, this is a tough one. I, like I hearkened to, I have a bunch, but I am an entrepreneur and a writer, which has spanned the realms of everything from starting a credit card processing company to a networking events company for young professionals, financial literacy education book series for six to nine-year-olds, and most recently more akin to your 
a little bit of <laughs> sass towards the crystal healers and such, my work has really turned into creating content that helps people to design their lives, build businesses to fund it and not consume it and network to support it and open the right doors. So in that world, I work with people like Deepak Chopra and others to make that content pretty palatable and stuff that yeah. people can actually take action on. Yeah, I love it because with every, you know, Gandhi-like Instagram post of yours, there's like a, an, an insightful takeaway. So I Thank appreciate. You. I don't like the, the the Gandhi people that are like, just love yourself and tell yourself that you're beautiful. Like, I'm like, I tell myself I'm beautiful. It doesn't mean I think it. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. And actually, I often combine by accident the words inspiration and actionable into inspirationable, which is always what I'm trying to do. It's like, it's one thing to inspire people. It's another to give them something that they can take away and is actionable. Yeah. And so for me, that's really important. And also to be like, hey, I get it. I don't always love myself either. And this is the shit that I'm dealing with. That I think is really important too. So I am no holds barred in that way. About being actionable. I never told anybody that. Because I'm such a good friend. Ooh, I wasn't prepared for this today. Do you not remember? Okay, so I... I well, I last time it, you gave me the jade roller and that was awesome. And I use it and it's sitting in my refrigerator. Oh, I got it. Okay, okay here it is. Okay. So my tip of the week is this seven-minute workout that I've been doing every morning on Jillian Michaels' My Fitness app. I have zero affiliation with this, but I interviewed Jillian Michaels once, was super impressed by her. She had so much more to offer than I had known or expected. So I got on her app. I am the person who always deprioritized fitness because you and I, I think, are similarly slim builds and can take it for granted. Yes, 100%. Well, I travel like 50% of the time. It's really hard for me to stay consistent in anything. I had gotten really into yoga and acro yoga and pole dance and other things that take equipment and partner and things like that. So I was looking for something that I could do consistently. And so she has this piece of her app that gives you customized workouts, full body or whatever you're targeting for seven minutes. And it's this thing that I do every morning now, no matter where I am, that I don't have to say no to you. It's like super easy to say yes to seven minutes. So I actually that's my need to get onto that thing because I've been doing Pevolve, which is like more of like a 20, 30 minute thing. And it requires like some like very portable, easy equipment. And I thought I was going to be able to do that everywhere. And I haven't even been doing it at home. So <laughs> yeah, the seven minutes, it's, it's great. I have my morning routine. You know, I meditate. I do some journaling. I read the news. I get on Instagram. I like do the things. And then I do the seven minutes and I feel really good about it. And it's the only thing I've been able to consistently do. My do you have tip, a tip? Yeah, of course, always. So my weekly tip is actually not a sponsor. I actually know the people who started this company and I had the class and decency not to go and ask for a sponsorship and to just use this for the benefit of my listeners. Isn't that just such a classy move in the podcasting world? Very classy. Altruist. Yes, I, I really am a Mother Teresa. I'm very selfless. So my tip is a vaporizer. Is that how you say it? Like an e-cigarette, mm -hmm. like a vape, vape called Ripple. And so, you know, vaping has kind of become a trend. And I actually kind of started vaping a couple months ago without being a cigarette smoker, just because it's that trendy. And obviously, all these stories are coming out in the news now that all these people are getting sick from vaping, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And so Ripple makes vaping functional and guilt free because 
their formulas don't contain nicotine, but instead it's just essential oils. So Mm. because essential oils have this kind of very intense smell, it kind of gives you a kick. It's not like a nicotine kick, but it's a different kind of kick. And at the same time, you still have the motion that is the hardest thing to get rid of when you're trying to quit this kind of habit. They have different formulas. They have power, dream, boost, and relax. So every single one is, you know, has a different purpose and a different flavor as you may want to call. And they are filled with functional ingredients and natural aromas. So okay, that sounded like such a quality endorsement and advertisement that you need to take that to them. No, I know, but it's not like I'm, I I, I know, but it was so heartfelt and you hit on all of the major points that would make someone want to try it. So I think that they should sponsor you. You Thank you so much. I actually want to bring something to people's attention, which I, which I probably shouldn't be doing at this point, but I'm going to do it anyway, because you know what? I don't give a fuck anymore. I've worked on a couple of partnerships on this podcast and recently I got the tackiest email from like an agency that like brings products to me sometimes and we're like hey um so i know that you've promoted this this and that but like we're actually seeing very low results on your end so can we lower the price of what we had agreed on on the contract or can you do like some extra bonus ad rolls or promotions on your instagram because we're not getting the results that we were expecting so, so basically Well, I was just like, I can't guarantee how many sales you're going to generate from this. All I can guarantee is brand awareness and that I'm going to embrace the product, you know, to the best of my ability. So anything I mentioned, whether it's paid or unpaid, like I could have made, you know, Ripple a paid promotion, but anything I do mention is always going to be something I like and believe in. I'm never going to be able to, you know, I, as I say, to a lot of people, I built my platform based on trust. I didn't, you know, get my moment on a reality TV show where I can just do nothing and be like, add, buy this. Like it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way for me. Um, so my response to them was like, yeah, I can't guarantee sales. I can guarantee brand awareness. And, you know, I've endorsed this to the best of my ability. I think that I make an okay ad. They were like giving me like criticism on how I created my ads or whatever. I was like, I can't lower the price, but if you want to cancel the contract for future promotions, you're welcome to do so because I can't be held accountable for, you know, your lack of results. On the, I mean, I thought that was a fair response, but maybe I'm just being a huge bitch. Which wouldn't no, be I think fun. that that's absolutely fair, and it's about the expectation alignment in the first place. But then more so, there's a lot of things that are outside of your control that could have been factors for reasons that people didn't purchase. They could have had a bad landing page. Their price could be bad. They could have been out of stock. Like whatever the reasons that don't pertain at all to what you did to drive, like you said, the brand awareness or even traffic doesn't put it all on your onus. You know, there's a couple of things. I'm not going to like talk too much about it because I don't want people to actually understand who it is, but it was so tacky. So what you said just made me feel so much better because I was like, should I even promote anything anymore on this podcast at this point? Yeah. it's I, I have sponsorships for an event series that I run with the networking events. And I'm always very clear at the beginning about what the expectations are that we can set the platform up for you. But ultimately marketing 101 is it takes seven points of impression on average for a consumer or customer to make a buying decision, you might be one, two, three, and four, and then five, six, seven happens somewhere else, but you help them on that path. You see, you are a qualified therapist. Fuck these people. You're better than them. (laughs) Um, Okay. Pop culture news. Dara, I feel very passionately about this. We need to talk about Courtney Kardashian's new website, Poosh. I don't know if it's a website. I don't know if it's a platform. I don't know if it's a brand. it's, it's, It's supposed to be a lifestyle brand. Yeah. My first reaction to just looking at the website was Goop 2.0. Like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, exactly. But it's so funny. Where do these words come from? Does Poosh mean something or did she just make that up? 
my initial thought was also Gwyneth Paltrow. So I went and dug deeper. And so basically it could have well been that because, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow said that all the successful internet companies have double O's. Okay. You know, she also explained in a previous interview that a word that means nothing and could mean anything with double O is kind of a successful business company name. Fascinating. But she also, I don't know where or how, I read this somewhere that she posted a photo of her uh, on her Instagram of her daughter and that Poosh was actually the nickname for her daughter, for her daughter Penelope. Oh, okay. That's, I like that a little. But it could still be inspired by, you know, the whole concept of like double O short name that doesn't mean anything for a business. Totally. totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting because without knowing that and seeing it, I was like, what the heck does that even mean? It sounds like a bodily function. What did you think of the website when you went? Did you look at it? Yeah, I did. I, you know, honestly, it wasn't for me. I felt like there was some things in there that might be interesting to people if you're like a diehard Kourtney Kardashian fan and maybe you want a lifestyle like she has, perhaps that's interesting. I saw very little that was written in her voice. Most of it was other contributors talking about her birthday or talking about, you know, whatever else. Like I saw something she wrote on hyaluronic acid. I'm pretty certain she didn't actually write it, but it was in her voice. And it felt kind of like an ad. And so nothing that I saw jumped out at me as, oh, I really am interested in reading about this or coming back to this. Nor, like you did, I really feel like I understood what the customer journey was. Like, what am I supposed to do here? Am I just coming here from time to time to get some news on lifestyle stuff? Are you wanting me to buy something? Like, I didn't understand. So here's what baffles me about the concept, okay? The Kardashians are known to be the people that are the trendsetters. This just looks like the blonde salad like 10 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a copycat. It's like, no, but it's like, it's a blog. Blogging is not a successful digital platform anymore. People don't actually read blogs anymore. They go onto podcasts, they watch IGTV. Um, Yeah, which makes me wonder what's the bigger picture here because Chris... Jenner is not going to have her hands in or around or near anything that doesn't have a massive monetization strategy. Well, people are saying that it's her way of claiming her brawl back as like one of the most interesting Kardashian to watch. Um, <laughs> I so Another thing bugged me about the website. So I kind of looked at a couple of the articles. And as you said, you know, some of them may seem like it wasn't entirely her voice, but there was one article that really, really fucking bugged me. And it was packing hacks bitch, people are packing for you. Well, I was going to say, did she just say hire someone? Because that's definitely what she's doing. That's what she's doing. And also, why would you share packing hacks when you can pack as many luggage as you want because you're on a private jet? You're flying (laughs) private. You don't need to to pack the travel size products. You don't need to get an emotional support note from your doctor to get your dog on the plane, which even if you did, you'd probably have someone to keep your dog for you in your house. So I don't understand where the packing hacks are coming from. Yeah. But here's what's interesting. I think a lot include your glam squad in the packing hacks like I don't understand yeah get just get a private check because it's going to make this all easier it's interesting because I think a lot of these same qualms came up with Gwyneth stuff where it's like oh you have a two thousand dollar pair of shorts this is so unrelatable and then if she tries to water it down to cater to the masses then it feels a little pandery so again it it just kind of points like I don't know who her audience is I don't know what she's trying to do I don't know what the point but I think this is the heightened version because if I'm honest like you know I I'm a a young professional, but I will indulge in like the $2,000 bag once in a while because I want to be bougie sometimes if I can, or if I, if I'm able to put myself in that kind of credit card debt at the time, I'll do it. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you just need a bit of a logo to make you feel yourself. That's okay. But when you're the bitch with a private jet, who's never had to pack a single day in your life, 
and you actually lecture people about how to pack, that bugs me. I feel it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I actually appreciate about Goop and Gwyneth is she just was like, I own it. I've always been in a place where I can have these things and some people can have this and this is for them. This is not for everyone because that's what any brand has to stand for. Your brand, my brand, her brand, they're not for everyone. They're for a specific audience. With Courtney's, I'm not sure who that is. Not only is it just completely, I just feel like it's very inauthentic, but it's also just an old school concept. You know, the blog. The blog is is very old school. There's very few bloggers that are still being read today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe she's going to prove us wrong. And I actually hope she does. Like, I think for Courtney, she's always kind of been the one with the least amount of business interest and going out on her own and striking some new thing up. So I hope that she finds something that works and that helps people. So let's see. Um, little side note for everyone. And I have a little bit of, of information because I dug deeper as always. Everyone was kind of perplexed about the fact that the Poosh Instagram had 2.2 million followers before it had even properly launched. Ooh. And that is because she took over the Dash account, you know, the Dash, the Kardashian stores, which are now- oh, those closed? Yeah, those are closed. They don't exist anymore. So she took over that Instagram account. So she probably gained, I think, a couple hundred thousand Instagram followers in the in the first couple of weeks of launching the website, but it was right. definitely not 2.2 million. Yeah, that's actually a trick that a lot of people don't know about when you see people who have followings quickly is that they buy, often they buy people's accounts. In her case, she took one over. Yeah, exactly. Oh, maybe I should do that. You know what? Oh, I can't. I can't talk about Instagram anymore. I've been shadow banned on Instagram. What does that even mean? So I think that I, I used to like thrive on my Instagram, meaning that I got a good amount of engagement for the amount of followers that I had. And I took a brief hiatus because there are some parts of my life that I wanted to keep private for a little while. And Instagram is now penalizing me for that time I took for myself. Oh, and so, so you're less organic reach. So now, like, for example, I post like my post today is being seen by 800 people. Wow. And you have... Tens of thousands of followers. 800 people. That is the yeah, that's that is the reach that you get from like a personal Instagram when you're not even working in digital content. So what do you do? How do you build it back up? Can Nothing. You? I decide not to care anymore and I keep posting yeah. away the same way I was and that's that. Yeah, I think that's a great attitude because you'll keep posting and I'm sure at some point the algorithms will favor you again, but for now... And if they don't, fuck them. Because lucky for me, my platform and my business does not rely on Instagram. I use Instagram as a tool for my business, but it's my business is not reliant on Instagram. So This is actually a really good lesson of two things. One, it's that you can't build anything on borrowed land, that we have no control over Instagram. There will become a point where it's either no longer relevant or it's all pay to play. So very smart of you. Use the tool for what it is, but don't create it as this thing that your entire livelihood and success hinges on it. And the other is that you can only deal with the stuff that you can control. You can't control their algorithms and their whims. So don't allow yourself to fret over it. I think that's all great. That's what I mean. I'd rather put more effort on, for example, my blog, which as I said, blogging is a very old school platform, but you do own it. When you have a domain name and a, and a blog or a website, you own that platform and it's in your control. So I'd rather invest more time in something that I have control over than invest all my time in trying to work out all these Instagram problems and these algorithm problems when I have no control over it. So that's not going to be my business model, like be on Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a good life lesson in general. I think it's time to talk about the Real Housewives of OC. <laughs> have, right, you been, right. have you been keeping up? I have actually. I got off a flight late last night and thought, I have a feeling Diana's going to want to talk about this. So I stayed up late and watched. Great minds think alike, let me tell you. 
So, you know, what's funny is where they are in Miraval, one, I think they took the Jersey housewives there before. Two, Miraval is like this place I've wanted to go forever myself. So this is my shout out to Miraval. Call me, call the both of us. Maybe we could have our first real life meeting there and do a live podcast. Wait, who Wait, who are you talking about? Miraval, the place where they're doing their wellness retreat. <gasps> Can I just say, I was watching this episode today just before I got you and I was like, this is so Dara adjacent, like everything about this. <laughs> we have to get into this. I have a question for you. Is there anyone on this planet who sucks more than Emily's husband? Oh, Shane. Oh, what a sad, sad situation. What? I thought you felt bad for him for a sec. I was like, Whoa. no, I'm just like, what a sad relationship. It makes me so sad. I love that she's close with his parents. Obviously, that's creating this anger in their relationship. Very close. You know, Clearly, awkwardly close. Yeah, awkwardly close considering the Vegas trip. But it's really a bummer. It's like this guy clearly is resentful of something, especially being on camera. He is unwilling to communicate, to connect, to put in any work or effort into this relationship. He completely, at least on camera, takes her for granted. She is flailing and trying her hardest. And it's just the saddest thing to watch. Do you think that he's just shutting down because he doesn't like being on camera? Do you think that's what he's actually like in real life? Well, I think it's both. I think that the camera is just exacerbating it because we're seeing the highlight reel, or in this case, the low light reel of that. I don't think there's any highlight possible in this situation, if I'm honest oh. with you. Yeah, like I want to just like say mean things. But I'm just sad about it. It sucks. What the fuck was that excuse for a surprise in Vegas? It's like, surprise, but I'm going to ruin your Vegas trip by inserting my sassy digs at you. Well, and why would you show up the day after her performance that she was doing for you and yeah, and then immediately bring the beat down. Oh, the whole thing was just wrong. I think that he got afraid because if he had attended the performance, people would have been able to realize by the look on his face on camera how terrible their sex life is. And I, th and I think he didn't want to admit that to the world. Well, there obviously isn't a sex life. They weren't even living in the same house for weeks at a time while he was studying for the bar. They're Which not even like, talking. You want the support of your wife, who's a lawyer. lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that means that you have to respect her and respect her opinion and her advice, which clearly he does not. If I had a book with all boxes to take of like the husband that I didn't want to have, he would be the description of that. It really makes me wonder what made her say us in the first place. Because if I remember correctly from her first season, she talked about how they got married really fast, right? And that they worked together and it was like pretty unromantic. And I don't even remember all of the precursors, but that it was just sort of a like, hey, we've known each other let's start dating and let's get married really fast. Is that, am I thinking of the right? No, you're thinking of the right couple. And clearly the lack of romance took, I don't even know what to say anymore. Just continued to be a bigger, it expanded, it, expanded. Yeah, it, exactly. it grew, it expanded and it came to this, which is very sad. Very, very yeah. sad. I mean, uh, it's kind of weird. There's this domino effect in the OC. It's like just divorce, 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 divorce. It was, you know, we were stuck with Shannon and now it's Gina and it's probably soon going to be Emily. And, you know, Emily deserves more than that. Emily deserves more, but it, it probably will happen to Emily again, if I'm honest with you. Like, I, I don't see any of these women just happy. Even Tamara, like, she puts on this whole act, like, I'm, I look amazing. I have an amazing husband. Like, I don't think they're happy. I think they have miserable lives in the OC. Mm, it doesn't a paint a very positive picture of what the OC life is like. 
Well, I mean, the OC life, what they paint just seems to be your standard keeping up with the Joneses where no one is happy because they're comparing themselves and they think happiness is always around the corner so they never get there. I just feel like when it's the housewives of Beverly Hills, as petty and stupid and fluffy as they are, they have hobbies. We have Erica Jane, who, by the way, is going to be on Broadway now. I just found out she's going to be playing uh, Roxy Hart in um, oh, Chicago, the musical, which is amazing because she's have always her on because she needs to be on your show. <sighs> hundred percent. I don't think I'm that I'm big enough for her. Oh, this is such a struggle. They all have, you know, business endeavors. Like they just all have activities on the side that they like to do. And I, yeah, I just feel like the OC is very much keeping up with the Joneses. It is kind of sad. For a while I felt like Jersey was sad because it was all of this like real familial drama and it was dark. But now I feel like the OC is just pretty sad. So many points I wanted to discuss with you, but what do you think is the saddest thing that we've seen in the latest couple of episodes on the OC? I mean, definitely what we just talked about in their relationship. What about Gina? Well, I was going to say Gina's interesting because we've known instinctively for a long time that something was clearly wrong. Her husband, when they were married in her first season, wouldn't even show his face. You couldn't even see him in a picture without it being blurred. So we knew that something was epically wrong there. I feel like she's just in a shame spiral and everything about her now latching on to Shannon is exactly because she feels like she's living one year behind the process of what Shannon was experiencing. So I'm glad that there's sort of this mentor-mentee thing. There's also a bit of a misery loves company situation happening. That's and I'm what little, I feel exactly yeah. happening to Gina. So like when she was the newbie of the group and not really embraced by all the other women, she like kind of latched on to Emily because they were both in the same situation. But now misery loves company with the divorce situation. So she's doing the same thing with Shannon. Yeah, it's sad because I'm watching Emily also feel like she's losing her relationship at home. And now in the latest episode, she's losing her relationship or so it seems with Gina and Gina's done talking separately about how, oh, she loves Emily. She's her best friend. But I mean, I get it. They, they both have a lot going on and neither of them are really seeing each other and showing up for each other. They're just so deep in their own mess. Well, the problem is that these girls, you know, like any of the other franchises, do not have that much in common or reason to be friends other than the fact that they are put in this reality show together. So obviously they're going to switch from one friend to the other. Like there's no reason to really be attached to a friend unless they've been on the show and friends for years and years and years. And even then with Lisa and Kyle, Friendships mean nothing at this point when exactly. you're on a reality show. Something I wanted to bring to people's attention. Can we talk about Bronwyn for a sec? Because yeah, I was. I'm really curious what you think about her. I she bugs me. Oh, why? Um, I don't like her tagline. I think it's very cocky. What is it? I forget. It's um, I uh, I wrangle a family of nine and still manage to look like a ten or something. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? First of all, you don't look like a ten. Well, I will say her body for that many kids, I'm impressed. She's probably had some work done, but who cares? She looks really impressive. But that's what I mean. It's not like, wow, your body is amazing. It's like, wow, how many fucking procedures have you had? <laughs> um, I kind of actually want her mom to take over her role. Oh my gosh, her mom. Like, yeah, I, I've spoken her about mom, her mom. Like, is Betsy Johnson. I think one of them said that and I was like, yeah, I think exactly. the mom is Batty Winkle. Who is that? Google her now. Is this a British person character? Oh my gosh. Totally. But but also it's the hair that makes her be exactly Betsy Johnson. They all have the same essence. They come Literally. all cut from the same cloth. I just feel like her, the, the way that she built her family is extremely not genuine. I think she tried to compensate for the lack of maternal love that she was getting from her mom. And then she was like, shit, I'm going to like push nine kids out of my vagina and be, become the most maternal being there ever was. And then on the retreat, she's like... 
I want to be more independent and I don't want to be reliant on my husband. But then she says it. She was like, I told my husband, I never want to work. I'm just going to give you a ton of kids. Right. It it just seemed, the whole thing confuses me. You are definitely going down this therapy rabbit hole, which is so true that she was completely treated in a certain way as a kid that made her need to backlash in this way and go in the opposite direction. Backlash isn't the right word, but it's making her go in the exact opposite direction to build this giant family and have the love around her, which baseline, we're all looking for love. We're all looking for connection. And when she didn't feel like she got it, she created it for herself. And until you actually deal with that wound, nothing is going to just fix it. No no bandaid is going to work. And like you're saying, having more and more and more kids isn't going to fix the problem. 100%. And I will clarify that I'm 100% a hypocrite and 100% that bitch that tries to overcompensate when I'm not getting what I want. That you always call yourself out. It's my the absolute best part of you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. But who doesn't do that though? No, exactly. I mean, that's what we all do. We're trying to self-soothe and fix things because actually dealing with the problem is painful and it takes time and most people don't want to do that. So then you end up like Gina where you get a DUI and your marriage falls apart because you haven't actually identified the underlying problems. I was actually really wanting to hear your thoughts about this retreat because I'm sure that that's something that you kind of do on a regular basis. Uh, Yeah, and I'm so annoyed with them that they're taking it for granted. I'm watching all of the staff in the background of their welcome dinner while half of them or two of them are at the urgent care. And I'm thinking, oh, these poor people, like they're creating this serene environment for people. This place is like a minimum of $1,500 a night if they were actually paying. And they are ruining it and they're killing the vibe for everyone else there. Oh, it was such a bummer. And I'm thinking, go do the sound healing, go do the walking labyrinth. But would you have watched the episode if they hadn't turned it into like World War II? I want to be there doing that. And I'm so mad at them for wasting their time. But actually... I think that I would watch the episode if they did those things because if they truly participated and had the breakthroughs and transformations that could happen through things like equine therapy that they do and all the other stuff, that would be interesting because we'd see a new dimension from them and not just the let's go at each other and say bitchy, you know, 10th grade stuff to one another. See, that's why I needed you on this because I've never been to a retreat. So I wouldn't even know what happens when you just don't fight there. Yeah. I mean, you heal and you grow. (laughs) Does it actually heal you? I mean, it depends. Obviously it's not healing them so far because they're not showing up available to do the work and they're not open to it. What are your thoughts about Kelly? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, Kelly needs it just about more, if not as much as the rest of them. And she's so unwilling to get to that point. She's so blocked. She called herself out at the end. That's true. She did. It just took her a long time and she brought everyone down along with her until she got there. Very Deanna adjacent. I really appreciated that. Um, To be honest with the whole Kelly thing, I think that Shannon is more upset at Kelly than she is worried about the concussion. That's fair. I mean, she's looking for a reason. It's very a la Vicky. Vicky would do this 10 times over where she makes a mountain out of a molehill because she already is upset with Kelly. Yes, it was wrong. Yes, she probably hurt her to some degree. I also agree with Kelly's takeaway from it, but it was wrong to do it in the first place. It was definitely wrong. But I also think that um, Shannon did go to the doctors because she knew that they were going to ask her to press charges. And then she could be like, no, I'm so kind. I'm doing her a favor and I'm not pressing charges. Yeah. I mean, if Tamara had hit her on the head, she might have gotten mad at her, but we wouldn't have seen the exact She would have laughed. She would have laughed. Exactly. Who the fuck invited Vicky, by the way? Because I think that I was so bored during this episode because I just thought they were all such idiots that I kind of lost track and I didn't understand when, when Vicky got invited to this. I vaguely remember her being invited the whole time by Shannon because Kelly said she wasn't going to go and then that she came late probably because she wanted to work and then also didn't want to spend time with them in the travels to try to probably 
up with whatever her contractual obligations are with being on the show in the first place, much like why didn't Gina leave the 30 times she said she just wanted to go home, mostly probably because she has obligations to be on the show and appear for a certain amount of time would be my guess. 100%. I never really liked Vicky until I saw her show up with In-N-Out Burger. Oh, I thought you were going to say until you saw her without her shirt on. And I was like, that was a moment I didn't need. I don't want to see that. It is a special move to show up to one of the highest end wellness centers in the United States with In-N-Out Burgers. <laughs> I mean, it, you know what? It's a nice little contrast. I, I appreciate it. I, I like a high-low moment. I, I do that with my fashion. Low, we can always get down with a high-low. A hundred percent. I do this with my fashion. I do this with pretty much anything in my life at this point. It's like my salary. You know, sometimes it's high, sometimes it's low. <laughs> I fucking cope. Sometimes um, it's the mood. High-low. Oh my gosh. No, that is not sometimes. That is the story of my life. Haven't you seen at this point? (laughs) What else did I want to cover? Is there anything else you wanted to cover? I don't know. I feel like until we get deeper into the season, there's not that much more to say about OC right now. I'm curious to see the trajectory for Bronwyn. I think she's playing it very safe right now. I think she has more in her. She's definitely been holding back in her private life. So something's going to blow up, I think. I can't wait to see her lose her shit. About Bronwyn, though, before we, you know, before we wrap this up, if there was one thing I really loved about her was when she did her like bikini photo session and asked the butler to take the photos for her. That was pretty shameless. I was down for that. (laughs) That's like one of my favorite things about her so far. I mean, she was living the life. She's like, I've got 100 children at home. I don't have anyone to deal with me right now. I'm going to make the most. She was living her best life. Last but not least, have you tried hanging yoga? And should I try it? At a retreat center. (laughs) She was so Gandhi. I'm obsessed. Yeah, I have. It's fun. I like it a lot. Why, why could Especially people benefit from it? the best part is the part they showed you at the end when they're basically making like a human cocoon hammock. Yeah. And you get to listen to the sound bowls and just lay there. That just feels really lovely. One of my favorite things on the planet is to be in any hammock. So that, and then you just get to like lay there and swing. That's great. But also too, I liked doing silk, like the- um, I went to circus school, so I yeah. did silk. So yeah. this is sort of the hybrid version of the silks meet yoga, which are two things I like anyway. I have to say, I'm, I've never been a yoga person. I fucking hate everything yoga because it makes me want to laugh and then I get kicked out of class. Wait, there's laughing yoga. You should go to those classes. <laughs> oh, fuck. It exists in LA. I, I'd be down for the goat yoga, like in Beverly Hills. That's the one I don't want to do. I'm like, I don't need goats pooping on me and jumping on my back. That's the plot twist I need in my life to make yoga interesting. <laughs> Dara, please tell everyone where they can find you. Pimp your stuff out. Tell everyone, you know, I, I know you have a course. I know you have a lot of things and content for people to consume. So do your plug. Well, thank you. There's two places to find me. First is my website. It's dara.co, D-A-R-R-A-H.co. On there, there's so much free stuff. There's a free masterclass on how to get anything you want with Deepak Chopra. There's all sorts of interesting celebrity interviews with folks like Shaquille O'Neal and Seth Godin and Jillian Michaels and many others. They're going to really peel back the curtain and give you some truths and so much other goodness. And then like we talked about, I show up every day on Instagram at Dara B giving inspirationable tips. Lots of valuable content. Make sure you go follow because although I'm not necessarily a Gandhi person of the world, you've managed to Gandhi me at least a couple minutes a day with your Instagram. I try to keep it in a way that we can all relate to and it's not annoying. So thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Dara. You were amazing as usual. Well, thank you. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. 
Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery.